drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Touch, touch, touchdown, Detroit Lions. Detroit Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid drink. It's been a few weeks since I've done that. I was trying to come in all cool already, but I can't do that today because we got Chops at Chops and the D back on the show. He hasn't been here for a few weeks. We'll probably get in a few arguments, probably yell at each other, probably whoop up the lions. Who knows what else we might talk about. Chops, you're back on the Kool-Aid cast, man. You ready to drink it in? Okri, what's going on, buddy? Get the Kool-Aid. Get the cornbread. Woo! Drink it in. It's time for some Detroit Kool-Aid cast, baby. Cornbread. Cornbread. Exactly, man. Glad to have you back. Um, I've been working my way through like dollars makes sense. I've been talking to Logan Lamrandier, a couple solo shows. I mean, always tons of lions to talk about. Even in this period where the NFL is on a little hiatus, you know, Brad. What's his nickname again for me? Always open for business home. You know, he he hasn't pulled the trigger on his big deal yet, (laughs) but uh, the Lions are laying in the weeds. They're still the most hyped team in the National Football League. So today, man, we're going to get into kind of news and notes, things that have been going on both with our Lions and our other Detroit squads. And then we're going to finish up Dollars Make Sense. I got to get into tight ends. We're even going to talk about some punters, kickers, and long snappers because they're people too. And, and all types of other things. So, Chops, I, I think I've heard it a few times on the show. I, I don't think we have time to mess around. I don't think you want to tell the people about the weather, your work day, what's going on in the uh, uh, the rest of your life, do you? I mean, probably get into some, some football and some sports talk here. Well, Okri, you know, I was really feeling like a, a great soliloquy about my day job and how busy. No, no, no. Come on, brother. We don't got time for that. We got to get into it right now. Let, let's do this, man. And be, everybody knows it's a Lions pod. You guys come here about, hear about the Lions. I get it. We got chops on the show. The NHL drafts tomorrow. Free agencies coming up. I just thought we'd take a quick moment for a little hashtag choppy hockey chops what are the wings gonna do who are they gonna take who are they gonna trade for who are they gonna sign and are we ever gonna win make the playoffs and maybe win another cup give give the people a little something uh okri this is my favorite time of the year when it comes Drink to it the in, NHL uh... season. it is nhl draft week baby the lions are picking at nine and at 17 and i am looking for my boy Stevie Iserman to hashtag Iserman plan to get something going here with this team this year. He's going to be making moves. There's already some deals in place with other teams. I'm hearing that a trade is going to happen with pick 17 as long as a certain players on the board. So man, there's so much going on with the Red Wings. Um, it's a very, very exciting week. Uh, hashtag happy choppy hockey is kicking in high gear this week. Is this the Brinkett trade going down, Choppy Hockey? Uh, 
you know, I, this is the buzz right now. All the whole NHL is talking about Alec Dabrinkit is going to be going to the wings for pick 17 and a later pick or maybe Boston's pick in 2024. Um, listen, I expect Eiserman to be fully doing his due diligence on restricted free agents. And the thing with Alex Dabrinkit is he had a great season in Chicago. Um, I don't know when he was playing on a line with uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. And, uh, and also Chicago was a total dumpster fire. And so he was playing all special teams, but the dude is only five foot seven. And then he goes to Ottawa and he, he barely puts up points when he's on a roster. That's got a little bit of talent. So Look, everybody loves this name. Oh, he's so great. You know, I'm not really sold on Alec Dabrinkit. And if we if we get him, you know, he plugs in, he goes onto our top line, so he'll probably put up some points. But I do not want to spend a first-round pick, especially pick 17, and another asset, probably a later first or a second for this guy, uh, to then sign him to some super mega $8 million a year deal. So for me, I'll pass. But if it's part of the hashtag Iser plan, then, you know, I'm on board. But Chops, he's from Michigan. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the trump card in almost every league, every team here in the state that we always go to? Yeah, and you know what, to be honest, uh, look, I knew you were going to bring that up. He's from Farmington Hills. And to go even one step further, he uh, he plays for, he played at the same rink that my kids play at, that I play at. So, you know, the guy's got a special little place in my heart and because I see his picture up on the wall in the rink every day. But, uh, man. Look, if I had a choice, I would be going for a 6-3 power forward over a 5-7 finesse guy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where's where's the siren when I need it when Chops breaks out? I, they play it in my kids' league. Oh, <laughs> that's uh, tapping yourself on the back. But I, I appreciate it. There's no doubt about it. So um, exciting time. Chops has been telling me for years. Okri, calm down. Just wait it out. It's going to be okay. I've been waiting for about a decade now, and uh, I hear this Iser plan. I'm kind of waiting for it to kick in, kind of like all my friends were. Every year I told them, calm down, wait, the Lions will be good someday. And, and here we are with the Detroit Lions. So, so before we get into that, I just want to say real quickly, this is my quick two-second rant for my Pistons. I like the Thompson twin they picked up. Heck of an athlete. Great kid. Sasser, who they got, uh, moved up in the first round for. D-A-W-G. Just an absolute dog. Uh, has some really fun highlights. I think he's going to be a, a Detroit favorite. But my Pistons better not go out and spend 30-plus million on Draymond. <laughs> they better not go out and get some other stiff. I need a, a big-time name, a big-time player, even the kid from Brooklyn, um, you know, Cam Johnson or whatever is not my favorite. Let's go make a bigger play than that because I like some of the other guys we got on our team. So my Pistons are coming too, Choppy. Who's going to get there first, Choppy's wings or my Pistons? We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, perhaps we got to talk about our lines. And uh, you said you sent me this. You put it out. I kind of threw it back on Twitter. You can find me at Derek Oakry. And it was um, – Jared Goff trade. <laughs> it was the Matt Stafford trade revisited with all the pieces that Brad Holmes got, the players he gave up. Um, you seemed very excited. I think there's still some question marks in this whole thing with your quarterback and with other people. Um, but overall, you said you wanted to get into this, talk to the people about it, about what we got back, why it's so incredible, and why you're just in love with your quarterback still. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's get into it, man. So listen, um, if you want to set 
uh, the the world on fire, uh, the Twitter world on fire with our Lions faithful, then all you have to do is bring up your boy, Matty Staddy, and, uh, and people just <laughs> go absolutely ballistic. So I'm sitting down, I'm watching a show, it's a Sunday night, I'm like, you know, I saw this little picture pop up about what the final pieces were after the draft of the Stafford trade, what I actually like to refer to as the golf trade, because uh, that's what it was, and I'm like, hey, this is a great little breakdown, let me, let me show shoot this out there and uh you you quickly retweeted it and the next thing i know it's like within an hour it's got you know almost forty thousand views i'm like what the heck's going on right now like i got people coming out here you freaking idiot you they won a super bowl this is ridiculous i can't believe you think the lions won this trade and i'm like all i said was i thought brad always open for his uh always open for business homes made a pretty damn good deal and won the trade. I mean, look, here's the breakdown. Let me give it to the people, right? We traded Matthew Stafford, a guy who plays has played one healthy season in LA. Yes, he won a Super Bowl. I get it. Before him, we got a franchise quarterback. Hashtag golf train. We got a franchise running back in Gibbs. We got a franchise wide receiver in hashtag JMO Fast. We got a potential franchise tight end in Laporta. We got Pascal. We got Martin. So come on, man. We got how many cornerstone, six cornerstone pieces for this build for one year of Matthew Stafford before the guy fell apart into shambles. We won the trade. I stand by it. We won. Um, um, but it was Matt Stafford, Chops. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I know that's your favorite. I, I said we would never oh, play him on the show again, <laughs> but, but we have to. And because you made fun of him, I'll even do this one for the people. <laughs> uh, you know, I I like those offensive players. Obviously, when I saw that chart, it was like, well, we traded this, we got this, we're gonna see this guy out there. You know, it's still a little TBD if you ask me, but we'll see. One of my catchphrases here on the show. But uh, you know, if you know Lafon, we need to step up. You know, don't don't be putting Broderick Martin in the Hall of Fame yet. Your quarterback had one, you know. You know, he had two bad halves and two good halves. So he's, he's 50-50 uh, right now, my opinion. I know the, the golf train is, is off the rails, especially with you. But, um, you, you know, I would obviously trade the Super Bowl for all of that. But, you know, those young ball players like Gibbs and J-Mo and uh, Pascal, I mean, yeah, that, that's some really nice returns for sure. And, uh, and, and you know hoping for your quarterback that he balls out this year. So I, I think it's going to be like a challenge on the pod that regardless of topic, like multiple times per show, you just need to randomly work in JG 16 to some take you have because you love this guy so much. So speaking of what about these helmets that came out chops? We've got, uh, we've got these blue helmets with an old logo with a cool paint job with the horrible gray uniforms. I mean, what are you thinking about all this? Oh, Okri, what a transition. Listen, so the, you mean the, are you talking about the, the new helmet or the throwback old helmet logo? Like people, it's so funny, like people on Twitter and around the world, like don't seem to realize that that was our logo at one time. They're just like, oh, look at this cool crouch, crouching uh, lion. It's prowling. And I'm like, 
that was our logo back in like the 60s don't you remember this people <laughs> um i listen it's it's okay right it's not like i saw a lot cooler designs out there uh people putting some stuff out there like my boy at notorious det had some great stuff out there um you know I, I like some of these other logos better like just throwing our old logo on a helmet and then putting it again with like you said not with our pants that don't match i i don't know man i, I feel like they could have done better listen this is your category right you're the you're the crispy jersey guy you're the throwback guy this is not my take or this is not my topic but man rodwood come on be better man so so before i threw to you i threw out a challenge you failed on the challenge on the first softball that I threw. I mean, could you could you think of maybe a player that might look good in this new helmet? I mean, you, you might even have a blue jersey at home that uh, might go well with this helmet. I mean, uh, go ahead and get the challenge off to a good start, would you? Oh, I mean, listen, you can, it's it's a challenge, right? We're going to have some back and forth here. If I just did it immediately, that's not much of a challenge. Of course, I'm going to tell you that this new helmet looks like garbage. But then when you put it on my boy, JG16, he's going to make it look like gold, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pe people saw my reaction. I said, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. And, uh, you know, the Lions always do think kind of halfway. You know, it's like... They want to make a change, but then they use the same stuff they had years ago, and they don't accentuate the throwbacks the way they should anymore with the dark blue. They go to this Lions Honolulu blue. Now they got this new helmet, which is some new kind of blue, which looks cool, but they haven't redone their jerseys yet, and then they also, you know these gray uniforms are so horrible. Like I didn't want just some dull gray helmet, but what sense does it make to have these disgusting gray jerseys with gray pajama pants and a bright blue helmet? Like it's, it's just all out of whack for me. I mean, the overall sense of it is, is decent. I mean, if you had a, that throwback on like, you know, a little bit different look and then you use that bright blue for these new jerseys, that'd be cool. But um, people were going crazy. Like you said, people didn't know the logo. All these old people were like, this is, this should be the new all time helmet for all times. I was like, yeah, damn sure ain't that good. You know, especially with how big that sticker they put on it. And, and my favorite thing was the tweet I put out with somebody that somebody shoot like these 3d renderings that were incredible. And I was like, man, if it, they did it like that, it would be better. But the one they threw out on that picture was like some demo job from Riddell that came the day before via priority FedEx or something like hey Hutch throw this on we gotta take a couple pictures I mean it just didn't look custom didn't look like it was for the player it looked very um, canned you know in a lot of ways but um, I think they will look cool especially if they can combo it up with the white crispies and the blue you know this that and the other but just get rid of these grays please ASAP so choppy let's hope your quarterback throws some touchdowns in it that's all I gotta say so all right, Choppy, it's about that time, man. Dollars make sense. S-E-N-S-E. -S -E. Everybody knows we do this series of almost every offseason talking contracts. Dollars that make sense for the Detroit Lions. We've made it through all the positions doing one offense, one defense uh, every week or so here. All we got left are the tight ends and the specialists. That's the punters, the kickers. The long snappers, um, so kind of the fringe positions, but this tight end group is, is very intriguing, man. Um, 
you know, let's go ahead and get into this. I, I went ahead and did what the Lions normally do. I didn't put Sam Laporte up top. That's the rookie. He's got to earn his spot. Even though I continue to watch his highlights while I'm hitting the treadmill, the guy is kind of like this do-everything tight end. Everybody's excited about this player, number 87 for the Detroit Lions. But I had to bump him down to the second peg. So let's start out and talk about my boy, James Mitchell, taken by the Detroit Lions last season, coming off an injury, kind of middle of the year before he got any kind of of, of rolling out there, any type of play, fifth round pick, 177 overall. We're here to talk about his contract, four years, 3.9 million, not per year, Total. <laughs> That's why draft picks matter, people. Fifth round pick, middle, late fifth rounder. Gets you a four-year deal for $4 million per. If you do the math, that's a million per season. <laughs> that's a steal for a player like this, man. He's a big dude, athletic player. I think he's come into his own. He found the end zone a couple times in some crucial situations. Um, I love that deal. I'm just looking at his cap hits. Even by 2025, his cap hits like 1.2 um, for the Detroit Lions. So I, I really think this guy still has some things he can do on the field, and I love this contract for this player. Yeah, Okri, I know that um, you know of the three that remained after the Hawkinson trade, like he put up the fewest uh, stats. But I am still very hopeful that uh, James Mitchell can come out and and when we have some two tight end sets, uh, he can be across the field from Laporta and and be an effective target, right? Like you know how much I love my boy. We're gonna get into him, big rock, uh, Brock. But for <laughs> his, you know, because he's got the ability to block and he's got the good hands. Um, but look, I'm again, I'm still really hopeful, much like you. I like this pick with James Mitchell that we made last year. So, you know, um, big Brock is going to put some is going to challenge him. But man, Mitchell, I think he's got some upside that people are just kind of sleeping on. All right, let's talk, talk about the second round rookie, man. Sam Laporte out of Iowa, four years, nine point five million in total, about a one point seven million dollar cap hit this year. This guy can catch, he can run, he can catch screens, he can move sticks, he can score touchdowns. I mean, this wasn't like my favorite tight end throughout the draft process, but when the Lions took him, he's one of those guys who's like, you had heard the rumblings, they waited, they basically traded T.J. Hawkinson. For Sam Laporta, basically traded in their rental car that was where the lease was coming up, got a brand new for a same or cheaper price that can maybe drive and do better things, has a better dashboard, more fancy gadgets. Um, I love Sam Laporta. I love this contract. Some people call tight end a luxury spot. They took him high in the second round. I think he's going to be really kind of nice, impactful, and become a quick fan favorite with some of the things he could do on the football field. Yeah. You know, I've heard people call him the most complete tight end in the entire draft, right? So there's some tight ends out there that maybe had a little, you know, that have some higher um, offensive upside, but Sam Laporta is the most complete tight end in this draft, according to some experts. So I absolutely love this kid. Um, getting to see him, uh, some clips of him at tight end U has been pretty fantastic. Of course, he's going to get the love from the fellow Iowa uh, tight end group. Um, so that, you know, that's kind of be, to be expected, but man, I'm going to love seeing my boy, Jared Goff throwing touchdown passes to Sam Laporta for f- at least four years. Here's the thing too, is that, you know, when we're talking dollars makes sense, 
everyone was so bummed when they moved Hawkinson, you know. But the whole thing with it was, were you going to pay him? You know, he's probably got another year or so. Then he's going to be in that 10 to $15 million range at that position. Brad Holmes just turns over these deals where he, he used up the cheap years, and now he turns you over for a new um, guy that's very similar. What I love about Laporta, too, is it's not that – he's much more of a straightforward football player. You know, Hawkinson, once he got here, he wasn't as good of a blocker. He didn't bring some of that grit that you thought he would bring. He was more of this, like, flashy kind of want-to-do-everything-in-the-passing-game where Laporta, like – He's just going to run up and make a cut to the out and get the football and then do damage on on Yak. You know, he's not going to mess around. He's not going to be a wimp, you know, in line. He's just – I just like everything about him the more that you watch him. And, you know, that contract's ridiculous. Like, instead of paying Hawkinson like $30 plus over three years, you're going to pay Laporta like five. You know, it's a, it's just crazy how that works out. So, um, you, you know, you brought up Brock Wright, one of your favorite guys. I mean, he's he's done a couple nice things, too, with the team. He's on a one-year kind of that vet number, which is 940, um, you know, K. And uh, I don't know. I, I like this guy. He showed off a little more speed than most people thought he had against the Jets when he scored that game-winning touchdown. He's a no-nonsense football player, good team guy. You, you can't you know, go wrong with that deal. Uh, I just wanted to, I was kind of going to bring him up to see is that exclusive rights after that year, because this guy you'd probably like to keep around as long as he does well, but he's also a guy that is going to be kind of bottom of the roster, special teams type guy, in my opinion, not going to give you a ton, both in the past game and not a, not a dominant blocker, but you know, better than some of our other guys. So you have a restricted free agent after the season at 26 years old. Yeah, a lot to break down there, Oakry. So yeah, he's so he's a restricted free agent after this year. You know, I have love for Brock Wright. After TJ Hawkinson was shipped out, we kind of ran with this three-headed monster, and Brock led the charge with four touchdowns. Right, so you know Mitchell had one, and uh, your boy Shane Z, who we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, he had four touchdowns. Of course, three of those came in one game. So you know, collectively, that tight end group put together nine touchdowns after. The TJ Hawkinson trade, by the way, TJ Hawkinson only put up three touchdowns after we traded him to Minnesota. So, you know, you you know, one of the things that I want to point out and take a minute to, to recognize is like people are complaining about how like the Lions don't utilize tight ends and they don't really know how to handle them and they don't know what to do with them collectively as a group um, from a touchdown perspective, the Lions were one of the best in the league. So yes, they were a little bit down with their, with their targets and their yards compared to the league, but their t- when it matters, when we needed a touchdown, um, we went to our tight ends quite often. So um, I love this group, I think. To, and then to take that group of three um, after the Hawk trade and add probably the best of San Laporta to that group is going to be phenomenal for for this year. I am really, really excited to see what Ben Genius is going to be able to do with this group. And I'm super excited to see my boy Jared Goff throw lots of touchdowns to lots of tight ends this year. Oh, hold on, I got to get the bell for you. Um, another quick side note just for you, because one of your, your go-to gimmicks is you always say right because you want me to agree with you on everything. When you're talking about Brock right, you can do that. You can be like, Brock's going to be good, Right. And it, and it all makes sense. So so that's something you can keep in your back pocket as well. You're welcome for that. Um, the, the only thing I want to challenge you on, Stag Guy, is that you bring up all these numbers, this and that. Like, to me, the, the tight end numbers and production, it's it's 
a little bit like swag got away with last year. Oh, look at all these touchdowns. And you really start looking at it. They're off in the one, two yard line. They're all like, you know, these banger type things, all the tight end touchdowns, these little like trick plays with inside the five, 10 yard line, a couple big plays here or there. So I think they recognize that and they were like, hey, if we can have that in our back pocket, but still at a player like Laporta at the right spot, which was that early second round before some of that run on tight ends happened, they kind of got the best of all worlds. So, you know, I think they do have a nice group. All these contracts make sense. My boy Zilstra, one year, 940K. I like that guy as a player, as a person. We'll see if he sticks on the roster. Um, Derek Deese, Derek you got to spell it right, bro. It's not D-E-R-I-C-K, no. But Derek Deese, the player, is a little intriguing for me, man. This is an undrafted kid. People have been touting him. He really hasn't shown much. I'll be curious to see if he does anything in camp or if they can find a spot for this guy or if he's a camp body. We will see. And then, Chops, I thought I'd leave the last guy for you. The Australian import from the NFL International Program. I thought you'd want to give a big breakdown on both the contract and the football player. For this guy I've never heard of. Yeah, sweet. Let's do that. Uh, so we got a three-year <laughs> deal for uh, – uh, wait, are you still asleep? Uh, for $2.7 million. It's a 750 cap hit for this year. Undrafted, coming out of Australia. Like you said, um, blah, blah, blah. No one cares. The guy is probably going to get cut after this year because we can't run with five freaking tight ends. <laughs> Uh, exactly. So, um, I was just a little surprised about that number. Like this guy's on this international program. Never, nobody's ever heard of him. He's, he's probably a big old athlete or whatever. Three years, 2.7 million in total. When our boy, Sam Laporta was a college production player, got four years at, at 9.4. I mean, it almost makes me feel like this guy better have a little something or you better be able to get out of it for nothing. I was trying to bring up if we can just get out of jail free card if he's just a tackling dummy but uh you know overall mitchell's that second year vet young cat still only 20 23 24 years old laporta coming in with a lot of skills right and zilstra are your you know meat and potatoes guys that are going to do a couple things all these contracts make sense nobody's highly paid lions you know aren't spending top five to ten selections in the first round on this position anymore but they still added to it and it was one of those where like it was a big empty hole sort of like even if you love Mitchell and Wright and Zilstra you were like we could really use a tight end with a little more juice a little more something and they got that so I think that's really might be the completing piece of this offense and uh, you're not spending any money love it yeah, just to kind of put a nice little bow on it uh, there, Oakry. You're, listen, you're paying this group collectively $6 million in cap hit this year. $6 million for our entire tight end group, okay? That's 2.5% of the cap. And just to give you a little bit of, uh, a little bit of um, you know, some, some clarity on this, uh, the Lions are 28th in spending when it comes to cap hit for tight ends in this upcoming year, okay? $6 million. And um, I understand that they've got a guy named, uh, oh, I don't know, Kittle on their on their roster. But San Francisco is paying is spending $24 million in cap hit on tight ends and accounting for 10% of their cap hit in, like, one <laughs> dude. So, um, yeah, I like our group. I think it's up and coming. And, uh, and I absolutely think we are paying the right kind of dollars that make a lot of sense for this squad. But how does Jared Goff feel about the tight ends? Um, no, George Kittle loves him some Sam Laporta, and I love those numbers you just broke out because 
like you said, I mean, people have to realize how this roster construction is coming together, why we're the hottest team in the National Football League, because we don't have like a ridiculously paid this or that that doesn't make sense. We have the money spent in the right areas with young football players that are hungry, up and coming, and that's why it's so exciting. So everybody... We got some news and notes in. We got to talk about these tight ends. We got to get our great sponsors in. To, uh, let them do some commercials. Keeps the show rolling. Please go check them out. When we come back. We'll do a little Kool-Aid shouts. Um, we will talk about some kickers, punters, and, and long snappers because those are people too. And we might have a couple other things up our sleeve to end the show with some hype and some excitement. So who knows what we might get into. You got to come back after the break and hear all about it. Everybody, we'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, it's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league. But it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kool-Aid drinkers, what's up? We're back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to the sponsors. Thank you for listening to that Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Let me fill up your glass that delicious Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid one more time. Drink it in, man. One more glass of Kool-Aid means you need double-sided cornbread. Cornbread! Cornbread! <laughs> so before we get into these specialists and a little something we got for the end of the show... This is normally where I shout you guys out. And I usually do it like in a fun, positive way. But I got to call a couple people out again. I mean, I mean, gosh, Choppy, we, we had young Santa live on the show. He, he's been nowhere since. He, he made an appearance. He hasn't texted. He hasn't called. I called out Cornbread Jerry. Yeah, you guys know who he is. Cornbread. Cornbread. Jerry. Cornbread. 
Jerry uh, from North Carolina called him out. He told me he's too busy with work. He just doesn't know what's going on anymore. He's got to get in on the Kool-Aid cast. Uh, you know, we, we, we got Go Blue Lexi out there just in, in total Michigan mode, getting ready for some college football, which we, we love as well. And uh, gosh, there's so many people out there that uh, I got to call a couple people out. I mean, we got to get the Kool-Aid hotline going again. We got to get takes. We got to get rants. We got to get people all fired up. We got like a month to go, Jobby. Are you, are you about this? You want to, we got to get after the people or what? Yeah, Okri, listen, man, the Kool-Aid cast is, uh, it runs 24-7, 365. So we got to get the people calling here. I know it's the off season, but people, this is the most exciting, the biggest off season in Lions history coming up. We're looking for the 2023 Lions to be making big moves and uh, winning some, a lot of games here. And no one's calling the Kool-Aid cast. So yeah, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. I understand it's June, it's July, but guess what? Football is right around the corner. So pick up the phone and call the Kool-Aid cast. Where can they reach you, Oak? Exactly. I mean, you guys know what that number is. Uh, 989-272. Kevin Smith, Herman Moore, 3484. And, and you guys know who the people are. I mean, the people. And the people consist of the millions. <laughs> millions and millions of you Kool-Aid drinkers out there. We'll, we'll get this thing rolling. Everybody's out on vacation. You know, work's tough. This, that, and the other. We got a Detroit Lions squad to talk about. I mean, we got we got the hottest team in the National Football League. We got a young, hungry squad of Lions ready to unleash. So, you know how I know the people are excited, though, before we get into the rest of the show, Chop? Because we had a big showing for the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy League. Man, this is like the third or fourth year going. I mean, I hate to, like, pat myself on the back or toot my own horn, but I, I did win it the first year. I, I've fallen short since, but I've been a dominant squad every year. And, and this year, you know, we had all a lot of the regulars come back. We had a handful of new people join. 20 teams, 20 players per team, slow draft, everybody getting to their picks as they can get to them, lots of intriguing picks, hard draft to do when it gets late or when you don't draft any running backs or when you're sleeping. But but you decided to join you decided just to grace us with your presence this year. Where I was like, "Oh my gosh, Chops is doing something for the people. He's going to join, he's going to compete, he's going to lose to me like he always does." And what do you do? You like that that kid where we wanted you just to come to our concert, come to our hockey game, and then you showed up one day, but all you did was sleep in the back row. You were asleep the whole time. You were on auto pick. I don't even think you know who your team is. I mean, is that going to be the go-to excuse when you're finishing last, or are you going to somehow win it and then brag for 10 years? Because that's usually what you do. Yeah, well, you know, listen, Okri, I, I, I don't want to have to school you on how a real GM works here. But what you do is, as the rounds are coming around, you group, you group your group of guys, you get them all squared out, you got your big board, you know, you got to handwrite it and put it on a wall. I didn't handwrite it. I went into the uh, good old computer, and I queued up my top three guys for every, for every round, and guess what? They were usually right there. So I didn't have to do even think about it. It's round seven. These are my top three guys when they're coming around. And guess what? They were there. So I grabbed them. I don't have to think about it. It was easy. You know, again, I, you know, I don't want to bash the people, but uh, you want to talk about some people that were lazy. Like somebody, some people only drafted one quarterback. You're in a 20 team league. There's no, there's, there's, there's no waiver wire for starting quarterbacks, bro. You got teams have one guy. You also have some teams. I won't mention like them. Me? Maybe yours where you only have one defense. 
You have to have two defenses because they got a bye week, brother. Come on. So, no, when my team beats your team's ass, then, yeah, I will tell you that I was on auto draft and I still kicked it. <laughs> well, first of all, you better hope you catch me on bye week because that's the only way you have a chance because I did only draft one quarterback. I do only have one defense, but that's all I need because I took value everywhere else. I didn't hand Rod Wood my handwritten draft sheet and say, hey, hey, uh, two, 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 Rod Wood, just pick whoever's left on the sheet. I'm going to go out and, and hit golf balls in the backyard. I was in there. Looking at my board, making value picks. You want to know who I came away with? Let me read my starting roster real quick, and we'll get to the Lions talk. Russell Wilson's my quarterback. Jonathan Taylor's my running back. Um, Tony Pollard at running back. A, a young core of wide receivers. Jahan Dotson, Elijah Moore, Michael Gallup, Bateman. Oh, I took T.J. Hawkinson at a good value at tight end. He's um, a stat monster. Isaiah Pacheco is going to put up big numbers for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's an absolute dog in seventh round. I got the Ravens defense way later than they should have went. And I throw in Will Lutz as my starting kicker. My backups, Alec Pierce, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Wandale Robinson, Isaiah Spiller, Terrence Marshall Jr., Cade Otten as a backup tight end, Michael Wilson, Cade York, and yeah, I got this stiff named Jacoby Brissett, who I'm hoping might just get me a couple snaps on a bye week before I kick him off my team. So there's my squad. Do we want to go to the choppy squad? Do you want me to probably let you know who's on your team? You want me to do that for you live on the show? Oh, uh, hey, sorry. You, uh, you lost the people there. I think they took a nice little snooze there while I was uh, trying to stay focused on what it is that you were blabbing on about. Um, sure, yeah, please read the people my my uh, roster. They actually want to hear what a winning roster sounds like now. So, yeah, go for it, buddy. Oh, I, I can't wait. I mean, the, the the draft thing I used said I happen to have the number one draft out of all 20 teams. But here goes the team that didn't have the number one. At Chops, hashtag Choppy Fantasy. Derek Carr at quarterback, Kenneth Walker III, Rashad White, Cooper Cup, who you didn't even take. He was on before you even jumped in the league. Traylon Burks, Quentin Johnson, ya boy, Pat Fryermuth, James Cook, Buccaneers defense, and Matt Gay. You want to hear this bench that's never going to do you any good? Hunter Renfro doesn't even know what team he's on. Gus Edwards, ho-hum at best. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not even cleared to play football. Jelani Woods, never heard of him, not good. Zamir White, upside, but probably won't do much. Panthers D, not too shabby. Keyshawn Booty, who I'm here to tell you hates football, and he went to the Patriots. That's a horrible combo. He's been out of the league in a year or two. Durham Smythe, Cairo Santos, and your big pick to end the draft, Xavier Hutchinson, who I like a little bit, but he's with Houston. He'll get buried by my boy Tank Dell. I mean, that's like a, a mid to bottom tier roster at best. Yeah, uh, you know, listen, you, 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 uh, I love how you, you handpicked the experts that selected you as the number one pick. So you're like, oh, look, I did this random draft analyzer, and these seven experts who I handpicked happen to have my team as the number one. Uh, well, and again, the same stupid seven people picked me to be as the number two team. So, you know what, experts, we'll see what happens on the field. Uh, not that, again, that the people want to keep hearing about our fantasy teams, but we'll make sure to give them updates every week as my team dominates and your team sucks. And I don't know if we're in opposite divisions, but I want you or Luke, who won it last year, or Young Santa, or 
somebody in the championship that can give me a give me an absolute battle that's what i'm hoping for when it's all said and done all the smoke is cleared so there you go everybody thank you to all the kool-aid drinkers that actually made their picks live actually participated and will actually compete this season to see who's the the top dog i'm, I'm trying to get my trophy back this year trying to get my kool-aid pitcher back let's go not gonna happen <laughs> all right choppy like you say we have fun with that i give you a hard time just for uh, good entertainment here on the show i'm glad you're in it i'm glad uh, fantasy football is always fun regardless that neither none of us really have time for it but it's as close as we'll get to being a gm so speaking of gms dollars that make sense let's talk about these specialists let's start with our boy jack fox the punter this contract it made my eyebrows go up it kind of surprised me you heard the other numbers I've read off this week, previous weeks for skill positions, top players, offense, defensive line. Our punter Jack Fox has signed a four-year deal for $14 million. It's a decent chunk for a punter. He obviously has put up some good numbers. He's a good guy. Um, you know, it, it's not like a bad deal per se, but it's just a big chunk when when Sam Laporta is getting five, six million less um, for the same amount of years type of thing. Um, $1.9 so almost $2 million for Jack Fox this year. I mean, any big issues with this player, this contract, or just like, we love this guy, he's pretty good, and we paid him accordingly, so deal with it. Yeah, listen, I like Jack Fox. I mean, I think he was a he was a Pro Bowl caliber punter and has been. I mean, he's middle of the pack, right? Like, I think the Lions for their punter position are like right around 16, 15. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, the number seems a little like crazy. But man, if you have a punter that sucks, uh, it's not good. So, you know, we don't we don't punt the ball often. Uh, as, as you know, we are aggressive. We like to go for it, but when it comes time, I want a guy who's going to be able to, to pin him down, uh, in, 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 uh, by the end zone and not just boot it through or kick it out of bounds. So I'm totally fine with $1.9 million from my boy, Jack Fox. His dad's a real cool dad, by the way, we ran into him in Atlanta a few years ago. That is true. Good dad. Good dude. Um, paid accordingly. I'm sure Jared Goff loves him. And, uh, like, I, I mentioned this Logan Lamarandier, but before we move on to these crucial long snappers, multiple long snappers on this football team, Brad Holmes added what what's been dubbed because Chops would love this nickname, the Brad Holmes special. That's the old potential out after this season to make it only a two-year, five point eight million dollar deal instead of paying that whole fourteen mil. So if Jack Fox if Jack Fox punts great. He'll stay on this team and be well compensated and be happy and all will be well. If he shanks some, like uh, your boy, uh, the guy that had to wear a glove and a towel and pine tar. And I don't even remember what the guy's name was that went to Denver. He was always playing in sync in his car. What was that guy that punted for us that lost us that playoff game? Oh, was that the wonderful? Hey, he has a great first name, Matthew Prater. <laughs> no, I was our kicker. Who was that? Who was that tchotchke that we had a punter that uh, was was around? Had the had the frosted hair. Gosh, I can't even oh, remember gosh, now. It'll it'll come to. It doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. I can't get to the sound bite, but good good work by you. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so, but what does matter is long snappers. They they are important. They need to be on a football team. We now have two of them. I want to talk about this guy that we sneakily picked up. His name is Jake 
McQuaid, I believe is how you pronounce it. He came from Dallas. He's 36 years old, but I guess he's like the best long snapper in the league. And we know a little something about that here in Detroit after the mule was here for 25 years or however long he snapped it between his legs. Uh, This guy, one year, 1.3 million, but I guess he's supposed to be really great. And the last thing you want is issues at that position. Daly's the other guy that was here last year. One year, 940K. I mean, one of these guys got to go. I feel like McQuaid's going to be that new guy in there, even though Daly did a good job. I mean, you need a solid guy. I'll take the old man that's been doing it for a long time and has some nice credentials, I guess. I never heard of him, but he's here now, and I'm happy to have him. Yeah, I don't understand, Ogree. Why do we need to have two long snappers taking up $2 million on, on the team? Just pay the guy a million bucks. Take the one that's the best. Like you said, you know, you can have a long snapper that's 85 years old as long as he can snap the ball to my boy, Jack Fox. Like, who <laughs> cares? You know, like, I, again, I love the Dom. I love Mulebach, the Mule, whatever you want to call him. The guy was like, I don't know, 75 when we finally cut him loose and people were all upset like they treated him wrong or something. The dude got paid until he was like double the age of what any other long snapper was. But dude, just give me one guy. I don't care. Pay him a million bucks and call it a day. Get the ball to Jack and let him kick it. Exactly. I mean, this is one of those oddball NFL things where they need it for camp or they need it for this or that. Like, I mean, it's just... Doesn't make a ton of sense, but, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll shake out in the end and not be a big issue. What is kind of a big issue, though, but some people make it bigger than it is. I mean, I've heard people rant and rave about Brad Holmes has just been a, a debacle with the kickers. Man, he, he just can't figure out the kicker position. He's got people coming in and out and this and that and drafting, trading for people. I'm like, it's a kicker. I mean, that's if there's positions you want to churn on your roster, that's the position you bring them in. They make kicks, they stay. They miss kicks, they go. You don't pay much for them. I don't know why he traded a draft asset or multiple to get a kicker back when you already had two on the roster. But here we are with three kickers. Somebody needs to win it, and it is somewhat important. But um, it's another intriguing yet odd allocation of resources. The guy we're trying to think of that still drives me nuts Sam Martin, our punter who couldn't hold very well, shanked a punt in Dallas, is now getting paid handsomely. Three years, six-plus million for the Buffalo Bills of all teams. Um, But that's neither here nor there. So let's talk about these kickers, man. Badgley, one year, $1.2 million. I mean, seemed to do well when he came in, makes his kicks. He can't really fire it from deep. Do you, do you think he's going to make it, or is this guy going to be gone? He seems to be on the outside. He's been hurt and hasn't really done much. I, I can't see him staying other than he seemed to fit in well last year, and he's a kicker, so, I mean, it's what it is. Yeah, Okri. So, again, Badgley, one year, $1.2 million. You followed up with, you know, for some reason we decided to make a trade and get and get Riley Patterson back from uh from uh, was it the vikings or no the vikings drafted him and then we paid a draft pick to get him one year 660k um i don't understand giving up a draft pick to get him i I don't care how late it was it could have been a whatever it doesn't matter if it's a seventh rounder whatever we still gave up an asset for him and then you got parker romo hanging around as well undrafted by the saints in 2022 so he's at one year and 750k and okri i have to ask i can't i'm scratching my head I trust Brad Holmes. He knows what he's doing. But are you telling me 
that the team that goes for it on fourth down more than any other team in the NFL, the team that has my boy, Jay-Z16, throwing the ball to wide receivers, tossing the ball to running backs on fourth down, more than anybody else, has to have three freaking kickers on the squad going into the season. Please tell me how that works. I don't know, but I'm glad you worked in your your quarterback once again. I here's the thing with it: like Badgley's just like, eh, okay, he's decent last year. Patterson's like, oh, he was kind of a good dude when he was here. Like, was he a rookie and he seemed to do well? The intriguing player here is Parker Romo. He's the guy that can boom it. He's the guy that's got the big leg. But I think it was Jeff Risden who had a take where he was like, he agreed with what you just said. Okay, the Lions are most of the time going to go for it when it's like in that marginal range so you don't need a big leg kicker because if you're kind of in that fringe of where it's 50 plus he's probably going to go for it then he also said accuracy is crucially important so like if you got a guy they just want a guy that can make 40 and in very consistently day in and day out so that leans more to like maybe a patterson um, but I could see both Patterson and Romo being washouts and then just being like, hey, Badgley's the more the vetty. We'll go with him. But for the fun factor, I'd like to see this Parker Romo cat. Patterson is more my guy if I had to pick between him and Badgley. But I don't know how this is going to shake out. But like you said, Dan Freaky Campbell, just go for it every time. Well, no, let's, let's not say that because when he did that, we were losing ball games. When he pulled that back a tad, we started to win. So... Be, be smart, Dan Campbell, but be aggressive. Yeah, the bottom line for me, Ogree, is when the game's on the line and we need a field goal to win the game, just give me a guy who is accurate and consistent. It can hit a 40 to 50 yard field goal to win a damn game when it matters. That's all I care about. Okay. I don't need any other bombing out there 65 yard field goals because we don't go for them. We don't kick field goals on fourth and with that much. We go for it. So don't, I don't care about a big leg. I don't just give me a guy who's going to be accurate and clutch. That's all I want. Well, we normally agree on the show, but I go the other way. It's like, you know, I can understand the point about going for it and whatnot, but I like it when you can get points from way outside. So to me, a big leg kicker is better than a guy that can just dink and dunk because I may need a 48, 55 yarder to win a ball game. I need somebody that can get it there rather than some of these wimpy legs that we got in camp. So um, we'll, we'll see what shakes out. I mean, I'm sure it'll be all be fine. Why? Because they're kickers. Why? Because it's specialists and they don't really matter. In my opinion, it's kind of like people that are like, we got to have a good kick returner. It's like, we do because they don't ever return kicks anymore in the league. Kickers to me are important when they miss and when they make all their kicks, you don't even realize them. So that there's my hot take on kickers. Chops, can, can we end this with a little fireworks? You say we do that? Okay, listen, we are seven days away from July 4th, the American holiday. There are fireworks. There is boom. There is thunder. Let's talk about a little firework action here for our Detroit Lions going into next week. Chops, I, I think it's only appropriate next week. You know, both our schedules look like they're going to line up. We'll be able to get a show done that'll be out for the people uh, next week, despite the holiday. Hopefully everybody enjoys their time with family off from work. It's a, It kind of falls awesome where most places have Monday and Tuesday off, which is incredible. Um, enjoy that time. Have some good food. Hit up the fireworks. Be safe out there with all that. But the Lions fireworks are incredible. I mean... Let, let's just let's just name off some people, Chops. I don't know, maybe like this guy. 
who you dubbed Amon Ra. I mean, I, I've got him in a couple fantasy leagues. I think he's just going to be a PPR monster. He's going to be incredible. He's a no-nonsense, probably a Pro Bowl type player from here on out. Love this guy. Oh, he's going to be lighting some fireworks. And let me let me say it for the people because since I deemed him Amon Ra, <laughs> he is going to be amazing. And I'm going to see your Amon Ra, and I'm going to raise you a Jameer Gibbs. This guy is going to be a straight up weapon. He's going to be catching the ball. He's going to be running the ball. He's going to be running slant routes. He's going to be running screen routes. He might get a pitch or two. This dude is going to be all over the field. He's going to be straight up weapon. Not RB, not WR, WP. You've been watching those highlights like I have, Chowby, of Jameer Gibbs. Um, you know, you know, you threw out, I'm on Raw time, but we can't do it enough. But it, is it really as good as my four initials that I that I dubbed in that just sounds so great when I do it here on the show? A-R-S-B. I mean, that, that guy's a baller. I mean, we don't even have this much time left in the segment, so I got to go rapid fire. I mean, I'm talking about our offensive line when we're talking about fireworks. Decker, Jackson, Ragnow, hopefully, um, Big Hal Vitae, and Penne over there on the right side. I mean, I'm just going to double dip chops because I can't throw it back to you yet. My boy Sam Laparta, who we talked about on this show. Can't wait to see what he does on this offense. I mean, who else are we going to pair up with? Jameer Gibbs with a little more fireworks in the backfield. Oh, listen, you cued me up great there because we got our boy d uh, who I called in the offseason, hashtag what Choppy said that we would go for. And he's going to be just taking the rock and slamming it down their throats. We got the weapon on the outside. We got the hammer on the inside. And I'm not going to pass it back to you when I'm done with that. Because, listen, if you want to talk about a high-flying circus, firework, amazing group of people for this team, you got to be talking about the secondary, baby. I'm talking about CJ. That's my GJ. I'm talking about Tracy Walker. I'm talking about Mosley. I'm talking about Cam Sutton. I'm talking about Curtis Joseph. I'm talking about Brian Branch. That whole group is going to be lit like a firework. Chobby, you over here talking about fireworks. I mean, I hit on our wide receiver to start, but what about... I got to talk about this guy real fast. I mean, hashtag JMO fast. I mean, I had to do a rant a week or two ago because people are hating on JMO. That's like, this guy's a bust. He can't do anything on the football field. Recent interview came out from Pride of Detroit talking to his trainer. Trainer says he's dog. He's a good kid. Heck of a ball player. Going to be a stud. This guy is going to be the biggest firecracker firework we got on this team once he gets back and get, gets rolling. I can't wait to watch him. Then you got your boy, the serpent of death, Josh Reynolds. He's just, he's just chilling there in the background. He doesn't have the curly Jerry curl anymore. He got it high and tight. He's looking good, ready to make some plays. They brought back Marvin, um, ready to sing and make some plays. I mean, we, we, we can go deep on the receiver roster. Don't forget about our boy we took in the seventh round, who I think is going to surprise some people in camp. Gonna make some plays. Can't wait to see what he does as well. So we're we're loaded up at wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, running back. The quarterback's a little questionable if you ask me, but I don't hate him. I don't. Um, yeah, and you hit on the cornerbacks. The defense is gonna be ready to go. So Chubby, we that's a little teaser for the people. I mean, we'll come back next week. 
tell you what these guys are going to do, what kind of stats they're going to put up, how we're going to be one of the top offenses in football, why there's going to be fireworks, firecrackers, things going off left, right, and center when the Lions get on offense, and hopefully on defense they're going to be popping as well. So we'll do that all next week, man. And like I said, enjoy this holiday. Enjoy the fun with family, some time away from the, the, the grind. All of us have that daily grind every day. And while you're doing all that... Chaps, I, I think they just need to throw on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, whether it's on your phone earbuds, whether it's on the car uh, stereo when you're driving home from wherever you went, probably up north, over to the west side of the state, wherever it is. I mean, we got people that listen in every state, every country, um, listening and drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid, man. Enjoy that Kool-Aid cast with your friends, with your family, with your loved ones, on the road, in the car, anywhere you can. Put it on, drink it in, grab some cornbread, and get ready for the 4th of July. Everybody, when we come back next week, will Brad Holmes have made that big move we're all waiting for? We don't know. Training camp dates are out. Go get on the Twitter machine and find out when you're going to be at camp. You might see me. You might see Choppy. You might see Logan Lamrandier. You might see JMO out on the football field uh, in camp doing some big things. Um, lots going on. Football is like a month away from really getting rolling, which is incredible. And we're going to talk all about it on our Independence Day edition. Fireworks left, right, and center on this Detroit Lions team. Coming at you next week, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. I don't want your Bula Bula support when it comes to Jared Goff. You don't get to join the Goff train. You're off, bro. You're off. I don't hate him. I don't. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Cornbread! Cornbread! Pack the bag! Stop the plane! This game is over! It is over! What a comeback by the Lions! Drink it in, man.